Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Green, for lack of a better word, is good. Everybody needs money. That's why they call it money. It's no trick to make a lot of money. All you want is to make a lot of money. Hey everybody, welcome to Offbeat Wall Street. I'm Frank Miller. Now every week, as you know, we drive off with strangers to Beverly Hills going shopping on uh, Rodeo Drive. Not Rodeo Drive, it ain't the Wild West. And uh, then we end up whooping at a polo match. Yeah, all that to bring you the best information about Wall Street and the financial markets. Well, this week we're going to look at three major themes <laughs> instead of one. Entertainment, sexism, and shopping. A perfect week for Pretty Woman. First, uh, entertainment. Last week saw the release of one of the premier entertainment conglomerates. Disney reported its quarterly results. The Mouse House had a tough quarter last time around, but it's taking steps to fix things in the future. Specifically, the company's cutting ties with Netflix and it's planning its own streaming service. We'll take a deep dive into the results and Disney's strategy going forward. All right, on to sexism. Last week saw another in a long line of troubling revelations about the state of gender relations in Silicon Valley. This time, the epicenter of the turmoil was in the capital of the new economy, namely Google. We recount what happened and look at how it fits into the larger narrative about Silicon Valley's women problems, or man problems, really. All right, now on to shopping. I swear that's really not supposed to be a sexist transition. Besides, I didn't write that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to throw you under the bus, Brian. Uh, this week, we'll see the release of a number of key earnings report from the uh, retail sector. Walmart will lead the earnings charge, and there's also reports due out from Target and Home Depot. Meanwhile, we're poised to get the latest retail sales number from the government. Now, 2017 has been called the retail apocalypse. We'll see whether the seventh seal has been opened yet or if we have a little bit of time before the rough beast uh, slouches his way all the way to Bethlehem. And as always, uh, we strut our stuff on some of Wall Street's more secluded corners. We've got the first ever acquisition by Netflix. We've got a price drop for Tesla's SUV. We've got a new entry in the space race. Ghana has sent its first satellite into orbit, believe it or not. And the Trump brand might be expanding in China's version of Las Vegas. Oh, and uh, one of the most high-profile patent trolls has finally been killed. Mm -hmm. This is the He's Not Really My Uncle episode of Offbeat Wall Street. Hello. You must be Vivian. My name's Bridget. Yeah, hi. Barney said you'd be nice to me. (laughs) He's very sweet. What are your plans while you're in town? We're going to have dinner. Oh, don't say that. You're going to go out? Dinner? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you'll need a cocktail dress then. Come with me. Now, I'm sure we're going to find something here that your uncle will love. You're a size six, right? Yeah. How'd you know that? Oh, that's my job. Bridge, he's not really my uncle. They never are, dear. Well, as you know, uh, and if you didn't know, you know now, it's a big week for information about the retail sector. We'll see some government data about the health of the industry. That's a number of big-name retailers are set to release their quarterly results. First, the data. The government is set to release its monthly data on retail sales, which will give a good look at the overall performance of the sector. Last time around, retail sales unexpectedly dropped, and that marked the second straight month of declines. 
The U.S. Commerce Department said that retail sales fell two-tenths of one percent in June after edging down a revised a tenth of one percent in May. That continued drop in sales surprised economists who had expected sales to inch up a tenth of a percent. The decline in June was broad-based, which led to concern that spending growth has lost some momentum going into the third quarter. But there remain some signs of hope for the sector. Other data suggests that consumption growth appears to have rebounded in the second quarter when compared to the first. Also, consumer sentiment remains relatively strong. Also, despite the monthly increase, the Commerce Department said that retail sales in June were 2.8% higher compared to the same month a year ago. All right, now on to earnings. Big-name retailers will dominate this week's earnings calendar. This starts with the biggest retailer of them all. Walmart is set to announce its quarterly results, and the results from that company are expected to be, well, somewhat lackluster. Analysts are projecting the company's profit will hold relatively steady with last year. The figures expected to drop less than 1%. Meanwhile, revenue is projected to edge up a little under 2%. Walmart's had a pretty good run of earnings reports lately. The retailer stock has rallied in response to its earnings report in five of the last seven quarters, and this includes four out of the last five. The last two earnings reports each prompted stock rallies of at least 3%. Last time around, Walmart reported earnings that beat expectations, and it also predicted higher comparable store sales for the coming quarter. Comparable store sales are kind of an important retailing metric, which leaves out the impact of new store openings. Revenue in the last earnings report was up about 1.4%, rising to about $117.5 billion. In June, the company announced the acquisition of Bonobos, which is an apparel retail brand focused on internet distribution. The purchase price was $310 million, and Walmart plans to offer the product on its Jet.com website and other web platforms. Of course, this is all part of Walmart's ongoing strategy to ramp up its online presence in order to take on Amazon. Walmart's not the only retailer announcing results this week, though. Target is also on the docket. Target's in the process of rebuilding investor confidence after a prolonged stumble late last year and early this year. The company's quarterly profits this time around is expected to drop compared to the same period last year. Meanwhile, revenues are expected to be mostly steady, maybe with a slight edge higher. These expected results might seem lackluster, but they are an improvement from what had been expected just about a month ago. Last month, the company upgraded its forecast for its upcoming report. Target said that its earnings would likely be at the higher end of its forecasted range. It also said it expects a modest increase in second quarter comparable sales. Unlike Walmart, Target's recent history with earnings releases has been somewhat rocky. Last quarter was okay. Target's stock ticked up less than 1% following the release of a mixed report. Earnings beat expectations, but sales and margins both contracted. The company's February report was even more dire. Shares were down more than 12% after earnings missed expectations, and it provided a disappointing outlook. Now, this marked the company's third disappointing earnings in four quarters. It's a big third retailer on a deck to report this week. Unlike Walmart and Target, earnings growth at Home Depot is actually expected to be strong. Home Improvement Retailer is expected to report a double-digit percent increase in its bottom line. Revenue is seen higher by about 5%. No, I want to find Beverly Hills. Can you give me directions? Sure. For five bucks. Ridiculous. Price just went up to ten. You can't charge me for directions. I can do anything I want to, baby. I ain't lost. All right, okay. All right, you win, I lose. Can change for 20? 20, I'll show you personal. You can show you where the stars live. Oh, that's all right. I've already been to Salons. Great. Uh, down the street, like the right. Lights. Lights would be good here. All right, now we want to look back at some more recent stories that are likely going to have big reverberations down the road. First, the latest shakeup in the entertainment industry. 
The Walt Disney Company released its quarterly results last week, and the company, well, they had a rough quarter. Profits fell for the third quarter, and revenues, they were below market expectations. And this was the second poorly received earnings report in a row, with the stock down more than 10% from its 52-week high back in April. But the big news from the earnings report probably isn't the weak results or the poor stock performance. It's a high-profile move that the company is making to help right the ship. Along with its results, Disney announced its plans to launch a direct-to-consumer streaming service. The move entails ending its current deal with Netflix. Now, the move can't be put into place right away. Disney will start to back away from the Netflix deal, beginning with the 2019 calendar year slate of theatrical releases. It also plans to launch its new Disney-branded streaming service in 2019. But Disney is taking preliminary steps in the near term to move into streaming. Last week, Disney announced that it's agreed to acquire a majority stake in BAMTech. The company is a provider of direct-to-consumer streaming technology and marketing services. The acquisition is valued at $1.58 billion for an additional 42% stake in the company. Disney already owned a 33% share. Meanwhile, the company is planning to launch an ESPN streaming service in early 2018. Well, we've talked about shopping, we've talked about entertainment, we've promised you some sexism, so uh, here we go. Last week, Silicon Valley was hit by another story of a workplace that included hostility towards women. This time, it took place at Google. A male software engineer at the company posted a multi-page memo to an internal network. It was called Google's Ideological Echo Chamber. The general premise of the memo was that women were underrepresented in technical fields because of inherent biological differences. Now, based on this argument, he spoke out against initiatives the company has been taking to promote diversity, calling Google's culture one of shaming and misrepresentation. Within a few days, company management responded. Google's CEO shot down the memo, saying that it was full of harmful stereotypes. He also pointed out that it violated the company's code of conduct, and of course, the memo's author was fired as a result. He has filed a claim with the National Labor Relations Board, arguing that his dismissal was not justified. Now, the memo is the latest in a string of concerning stories about gender relations in high levels of the tech world. There have been a string of sexual harassment scandals at a number of high-profile venture capital firms. And, of course, there's been Uber. There, CEO Travis Kalanick was pushed out of the company leadership amid a string of negative press surrounding the company's culture. The linchpin of this was the now-famous blog post from Susan Fowler, who's the ex-Uber programmer who outed the company's hostile work environment. The difference in the latest revelation, though, is that it comes from Google, which is the highest of the high-tech companies. It signals that the issue isn't necessarily one fostered at hyper-aggressive startups. It exists at the established Silicon Valley behemoths as well. If you're talking 24 hours a day, it's going to cost you. Oh, yes, of course. All right, here we go. Give me a ballpark figure. How much? Six full nights, days to 4,000. Six nights at 300 is 1,800. You want days, too? 2,000. 3,000. Done. All righty, now we like to wander off the beaten path like we do each week and take a look at some money stories that aren't exactly Wall Street related. Time now for some of our quick hits. All right, well, first it was a win some, lose some week for Netflix. We've already covered how the streaming video service is losing out on future Disney content. If you don't know that, where have you been the past five minutes? <laughs> well, the company is also taking other steps to fill its content pipeline. Netflix announced its first ever acquisition last week. It's acquired Miller World, which is a comic book publishing house founded by, uh, ironically enough, Mark Miller. Uh, he's known for creating many iconic comic book characters, including Kingsman, Old Man Logan, and Kick-Ass. Okay. No further details, including financial terms, were disclosed, although I do hear that they, it was, in fact, Kick-Ass. 
Moving on, Tesla's getting a little bit more affordable, or at least relatively speaking. The luxury electric car maker announced this month that it has dropped the base price of its Model X SUV by $3,000. The base Model X 75D, seriously, whatever happens to just giving a car a name, it now costs a mere $79,500, down from $82,500, so now it's just a semi-luxury vehicle. The company said that improving margins driven by increased production and efficiency were primary reasons for lowering the price. The most expensive version of the Model X, which is called the P100D, cost $145,000. Okay, in case you're wondering about names, uh, Tesla's lowest cost model is known as the Model 3. Seriously, can't you go into the dictionary and just randomly pick a name? But anyway, the Model 3 has a base price of $35,000. Go figure. On the subject of technology getting a wider customer base, look out NASA, here comes Ghana! Yeah, the West African country has successfully launched its first satellite known as the GANSAT-1. See, now that's a name. The satellite weighs 1.3 kilograms, uh, or how many pounds? Uh, I don't know. Can we not do this in metric, please? And uh, it was built by a Ghanaian engineering team at All Nations University. Now, according to TechCrunch, the satellite was delivered to NASA's International Space Station in June on a SpaceX rocket that took off from Kennedy Space Center. Ghana joins a relatively long list of African countries that have put satellites into space. It includes Nigeria, South Africa, Morocco, Algeria, and Egypt. Other countries that have put satellites into orbit, Bulgaria, Norway, Bermuda, believe it or not, and the Isle of Man. Now, Ghana's satellite has uh, two missions, as a matter of fact. It has cameras on board for detailed monitoring of the coastlines of Ghana. It also is meant to spur education by integrating satellite technology into high school curriculums. Okay, on to the subject of international affairs. Uh, while Donald Trump is busy threatening uh, fire and fury to North Korea, and uh, North Korea is busy threatening, well, just about everybody it, it can point its finger at, uh, Trump's old hotel company is making its own move on Asia. A company that manages the Donald Trump brand has applied for four trademarks in the Chinese territory of Macau. That's the country's uh, main gambling hub, by the way. The trademarks include one for casinos. DTTM Operations LLC, which is a New York-based company that holds Trump trademarks, applied in June for said trademarks. They cover the rights to the Trump name in gambling and casinos, real estate, hotels, and construction. Now, the moves do not indicate any plans immediately to open a Trump hotel or casino in Macau. But, uh, you know, while we're talking about presidents, uh, Barack Obama Day is coming to Illinois. Yeah, the state has declared the former president's birthday as a state holiday. Illinois' uh, Republican governor, <laughs> ironically, signed a bill into law earlier this month designating August 4th officially as Barack Obama Day. And finally, the death of a patent troll that is near and dear to our hearts. I mean, the death is near and dear, not the troll. Jeez, we're not that mean. The U.S. Court of Appeals has ruled against patent troll company Personal Audio in its attempt to patent podcasting. I mean, seriously, how dare they? Jeez, I had that first. The decision affirmed a patent and trademark office's decision to invalidate the podcasting patent that Personal Audio used in lawsuits against big-name podcasters. Personal Audio had used its broad patent for a system of disseminating media content representing episodes in a serialized sequence. Uh, you figure out what that stands for. <laughs> in order to file lawsuits against a number of podcast providers, including Adam Carolla, How Stuff Works, CBS, and NBC. Phew. Mr. Lewis, my grandfather believes the men who create a company should control its destiny. Where's the salad? Uh, the salad comes at the end of the meal. 
That's the fork I knew. Hey, thanks, everybody. This has been Offbeat Wall Street. And if you like the show, please go to iTunes or your favorite podcast catcher and subscribe. And hey, while you're there, why not go ahead and rate and review the show? Good ratings help other people to discover it. So it is very helpful. And make sure to let all of your friends know. Check out our great website at offbeatwallstreet.com. Check out our semi-great Twitter feed at Offbeat Wall Street, ST like you see on the street signs. And thanks to the semi-average Brian Stewart, the big BS for script writing and co-production of the podcast. And, of course, a special thank you to our friends at RTT News for providing news and stats used in this little show. For up-to-date info on the markets, please check them out, rttnews.com. And as we say adios, you know, this is for all of you out there who are planning on posting memos on your company's internal networks, especially those making arguments about inherent biological differences between groups of people, and especially white dudes using arguments about inherent biological differences as a way to take down your company's current diversity programs. A little advice, just given the current political climate at all. Big mistake. Big. Huge. Have a great week, everybody. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 